Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the hockey world. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Carrier Pigeon, however you get your podcasts. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can also email me with any feedback you might have at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren as well. Now on today's podcast... We're going to take a look at some more reaction from around the hockey world in the aftermath of the George Floyd murder at the hands of Minneapolis police. And in particular, the message sent out the other day by our very own Patrice Bergeron. Uh, I'm going to open up the mailbag and then there's some hockey news and notes to mention as there's been some developments in the return to play plan. But let's begin with uh, our boy Patrice Bergeron, who on... If you listen to the podcast on Wednesday, you'll know that I spoke about the Bruins team statement um, in relation to the George Floyd uh, murder and uh, how they came out and said it was an abhorrent murder, uh, Black Lives Matter, which was very encouraging. At the time, I said, I hope some players also step up and uh, make a statement or take action as well. And then on Wednesday, just after the podcast came out, the team posted this statement from Patrice Bergeron, which I will read now. He wrote, as many of you know, I don't have social media. Right or wrong, I've often tried to stay away from making my opinions public. As hockey players, we have a tendency to do our business while staying quiet without wanting to make too much noise. It is in our culture But surrounding the murder of George Floyd and the protests that followed, it made me realize that by not speaking up on the matter and not using my voice as a professional athlete, it's in fact allowing racism to fester and continue. Silence is not an option for me anymore. I realize that I will never truly understand the fear, pain, and suffering the black community has endured. As a white man, I have always tried to live by respect and equality, but I also acknowledge my privileges. I am disappointed in myself that it took this long for me to truly open my eyes. Seeing all this pain truly breaks my heart and forces me to seek answers. Today and going forward, I want to listen, educate myself, and stand up for the black community. We cannot change the past, but we certainly can change the future. It is time to truly acknowledge this cry for help. It needs to be more than a simple Instagram post. Let's take real actions. With an open heart and compassion, I am determined to be an ally, continue to grow myself, and raise my children to be anti-racist. In addition to my words, my family and I are donating $25,000 to the Boston branch of the NAACP and $25,000 to Centre Multiethnique de Quebec. I will not be quiet anymore. With love, respect, and the most sincere humility, Patrice Bergeron. Honestly, this uh, statement brought a tear to my eye, and I could not have been prouder of Patrice Bergeron and uh, to be a fan of this team. Uh, We are very lucky to have this man in black and gold, and uh, 
you know, he was trending on Twitter afterwards, and for good reason. This was one of uh, the most powerful uh, actions that have been taken by uh, a member of the hockey community in light of all that has been going on. I also want to commend Tyler Sagan, uh, who I mentioned on a previous podcast with his great statement. He actually attended uh, a Black Lives Matter rally in Dallas on Thursday, I believe, and just really shows uh, the growth in his character and his commitment to, um, yeah, just walk in the walk, which is really cool. Um, New Jersey Devils defenseman P.K. Subban, who obviously has quite a history with the Bruins, uh, he quote tweeted the Bruins statement from Bergeron and said leaders lead with prayer hand emojis, which was really cool to see um, that kind of mutual respect for the act that uh, Patrice Bergeron has committed to here. Overall, I've been very encouraged by the reaction from the hockey community. It's not something that I expected from a crowd that's typically pretty reserved and unwilling to stand up and make their voices heard. And it's been great to see that reaction coming out. That's not to say that everything is, you know, corrected on the right track. I've been talking about Willie O'Ree on the podcast a lot this week, and he uh, was interviewed by the Canadian press the other day, and he said, I'm 84 years old, didn't think I'd witness some of the stuff that's going on, but this dates back to the slavery age. It's very discouraging to see what's going on now, and that, of course, was in reference to the death of George Floyd under the knee of a white policeman and subsequent violent confrontations between police and protesters across the United States and even up here in Canada. Uh, Ori added, it's just a tragedy. Every time an unarmed black man is killed, there's really nothing done about it at that particular time. It's like you're here today and gone tomorrow. Your life is just snuffed. And it's not just uh, black men as we know. Uh, It's black women as well. And... Today is June 5th, which would have been Breonna Taylor's birthday. If you're not familiar with her story, uh, about a month ago, a division of the Louisville Police Department performed an illegal, unannounced drug raid on her home. Not a single officer announced themselves before ramming down her door and firing 22 shots, shooting Breonna eight times and killing her. Uh, Not only were the police at the wrong house, but the man they were looking for had already been arrested earlier in the day. Um, so this is, you know, just another thing that Ori is referencing here. It's just tragic. Uh, he said, racism, it's not going to stop overnight. I experienced it when I was playing and a lot of these boys and girls I come in contact with in the hockey is for everyone program. They've had racial remarks directed towards them on the ice, on the bench or in the dressing room. It's just terrible. You can't look at a person for who they are and forget about the color of their skin. Today, former NHLer Mark Fraser posted a piece in the Players' Tribune, uh, kind of inspired by Akeem Alou's uh, article a couple weeks ago, and it begins like this. He says, when I was 14 years old, I was told by a hockey parent in the stands to go back to the bush in Africa. When I was 17, I was screamed at by a fan two feet away from me at a junior hockey game that I should stick to basketball. When I was 33, a GM who was looking to sign me asked his team captain if I'd be bad for team morale because I was black. These memories are not easy to share, but with everything that's happening in the world right now, I feel like I have to speak up and tell my story. I would highly recommend you go check that out, and 
Uh, just continue to l- listen, learn, educate yourselves, take action where possible. And um, again, it's been really encouraging to see the reaction from across the hockey world. Uh, but there's so much work left to be done. Um, I would encourage you to check out Black Girl Hockey Club. She had a great Instagram live uh, yesterday with Soroya Tinger from the Metropolitan Riveters of the NWHL. And um, yeah, just continue to seek out voices different from your own to learn about how we can help uh, with anti-racist efforts here in North America. Now, before we get to the mailbag, I wanted to talk for a moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is a tasty and healthy protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar and comes in 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut and 8 chocolate nut free. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. But they're also great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. So I opened up the mailbag for a few questions this week, and I got uh, some good ones. The first couple are in reference to Patrice Bergeron, so I'll kind of group them together. The first one comes from at your I-P-I-D-E-S. She asks, is Patrice Bergeron a beautiful figment of, of our collective imagination? Fortunately, he's very much real, and he is fantastic. Gab at G-I-D underscore it underscore done. She writes, from a non-Bruins fan, why is Patrice Bergeron not your captain? It seems like he does everything but have the physical C. Uh, the Boston Bruins have a very unique leadership structure wherein, you know, Zdeno Chara is the captain. He wears the C. He has done so for, you know, a decade now. But that's not to say he's the sole leader in the locker room by any stretch of the imagination. Chara has actually been captain for almost 15 years now, if you can believe it. Uh, he was named captain after signing with the Bruins on July 1st. 2006 taking over from Joe Thornton Um, I think he was given the C just as you know a new voice in the locker room and obviously his presence on and off the ice is very um, I don't know what would you say inspiring uh, awe inducing and you know he has been arguably the one of the best captains in, in team history and a surefire Hall of Famer. He'll have his jersey retired on and on. Now, Patrice Bergeron, the moment Zdeno Chara retires, Patrice Bergeron will be given the C. He, as well, is a surefire Hall of Famer. He, as well, will have his number retired. And, you know, he has been a leader for the Boston Bruins in a number of ways. Specifically, you know, even this week, stepping up, releasing that statement and uh, walking the walk in that way. So I think if you were to break it down, it would kind of be a 1A and 1B situation in terms of team leadership. And there's other guys that are leaders in the room as well. Tuka Rask, Brad Marchand, uh, David Krejci, all these guys are leaders in their own way. But uh, the Bruins have 
been blessed over the last 14, 15 years to have both Zdeno Chara and Patrice Bergeron in the lineup, in the locker room, in the community. And um, like I said, Bergeron will be the captain immediately upon Chara's retirement. And um, the fact that he has not had the C is not representative of the fact that he is not captain material, that he's not a leader, that he's not, uh, you know, well-respected all across the hockey community. And it's just um, kind of a bonus that they're able to have both guys on the team. Steve Laidlaw asks, apologies if you've touched on this already. Which team are you most afraid to face in this year's playoff format? We'll get to the format here in a minute. The the NHL announced kind of the final uh, word on seating and on uh, series length and things like that. I've mentioned before that the New York Rangers aren't really a team that I want to play uh, with their strength in goaltending. Uh, Artemi Panarin is arguably a Hart Trophy candidate. And, uh, you know, just Mika Zibanejad uh, had broken out really huge this season. So that's a team that I don't want to play. Um, it's kind of difficult to say at the moment because it's such a level playing field. We won't know how teams will get up to speed, whether or not these round-robin games will slow teams down in relation to the play-in teams. We'll be playing a best three out of five to get in. Um, But if I had to narrow it down to like three or four teams that uh, I would be most afraid of in the playoff format, it would be the Rangers as a dark horse, the Lightning, obviously, uh, who will be fully healthy. Steven Stamkos will be back in the lineup. Uh, he had been injured prior to the break. Uh, they were second in the East to the Boston Bruins. Uh, the Flyers looked really great, and they finally have that goaltending. Um, and even the Blue Jackets, I don't think I'd want to play uh, just because of uh, how they had found this magic goaltending in Elvis Merzilikens. And we know John Tortorella uh, is able to coach kind of a really tight defensive system they're getting some guys back from injury as well Um, and the fact that they were still in the playoff race despite those injuries you know Seth Jones Cam Atkinson uh, some key players uh, is really um, kind of frightening if you think of uh, all their guys back so those are some players that I would not want to face last question comes from my friend Beth at Iver Oit she asks what are the last three books that you read that's a great question. If, if you want to keep track of, of my books, you can follow me on Goodreads. I also have uh, it at encmclaren.com. But uh, one book that I just finished, which is uh, really great, is called Native. And it's by uh, an author named Caitlin Curtis. It uh, talks about her experience growing up as uh, a Native woman growing up uh, in the Christian faith and kind of how, you know, white supremacy is not um, found outside of the scope of evangelicals. We all know they're a big reason why the current president is in place. Um, So it's a really great read, and I highly recommend that. I also read uh, A Wind at the Door by Madeleine Lengel, which is a sequel to A Wrinkle in Time. Kind of a, a fun 
well, not really fun, but uh, a kid's book, fantasy book, uh, with some really deep truths in there as well. I recently read uh, Hannah Coulter by Wendell Berry, which is uh, part of his Port William series. They're really uh, just nice, calming novels uh, that I highly recommend. Going back a bit, I wrote a book called You're a Miracle and a Pain in the Ass, Understanding the Hidden Forces That Make You You, and that's by a guy named Mike McCarg, who I really love. And then prior to that, I read uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale and The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, which uh, not really the greatest time to be reading those, but uh, they've been on my list for a while, so, so I was finally able to get to that. Thanks for those questions, and we'll uh, open up the mailbag again next week. Now, to finish, I just wanted to update the latest on hockey's return-to-play plan. On Thursday, the NHL announced it will transition to Phase 2 of the return-to-play plan, effective Monday, June 8th. That means all 31 teams will be allowed to open their training facilities for small group training, uh, which includes the approval of municipal and state provincial health officials. A maximum of six players can train together at a time on a voluntary basis. So, you know, kind of a a small move forward, but a significant one nonetheless. The league also announced the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs will be best of seven for all four rounds following the qualifying round. So the play-in series will be best of five. There was some talk that the first two rounds of the playoffs may be best of fives as well, but they're going with uh, best of sevens for all four rounds. In each round, the highest remaining seed will face the lowest remaining seed. The second highest will face the second lowest and so on, which means that there will be reseeding following each round. And that gives even more weight to this round robin that the Bruins are going to have to play in order to re-earn the top seed, which is kind of, uh, you know, bullshit in my mind because the Bruins clearly earned the top seed through 70 games and now they have to play three more uh, to earn them and it's a bit of a crapshoot that way so I I don't really like that as much but uh, that's how it is tiebreakers for the round robin involve uh, the top four teams will be decided by regular season point percentage once the round robin is concluded the seeding order for those eight clubs will remain the same throughout the playoffs. Now, speaking of COVID-19, the Penguins yesterday released a statement indicating one of their players tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, the player is not in Pittsburgh, self-isolated at home since he first experienced symptoms and is recovering and feeling well. Those in close contact with the player since his diagnosis have been notified. This is the first player in over two months to test positive for COVID-19. Um, it's a reminder of the challenges facing the league and ensuring the health and safety of the players during training camps and the 2014 playoff tournament. Uh, it's been said that one positive test wouldn't derail the whole process and the league intends to implement daily testing to monitor all players and staff. So that's kind of the latest we can expect on Monday. Some news maybe of some Bruins players gathering at Warrior uh, to... Um, do some informal skates and you know, the NHL is going forward with this return to play plan and we'll see if it actually comes to fruition. I'm uh, kind of 50, 50 
right now as to whether it's actually going to happen. I'd love to see some hockey, but obviously the safety of everyone involved is paramount. That's it for this week's episodes of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you for all those who have listened and supported uh, kind of the Black Lives Matter theme this week. I think it's been very important to address that and uh, Boston's uh, reaction to it. Uh, the Bruins statement on Wednesday was great. Patrice Bergeron's um, statement and actions were even more uh, remarkable. And I hope to see some more Bruins players step up as well. I uh, hope you all have a great weekend and uh, stay safe out there. And yeah, just take care of yourselves. And we'll talk to you again on Monday. Peace.